What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Lennon, how are you doing this week? I am doing one word, and it said great by my guy, Future. Sensational. <laughs> I'm doing sensational, but nah, on the real though, doing real well. Glad to be back talking movies with you. Didn't get to talk sports with you this week, so it's good. Talk, just talking with you, man. I miss you. Yeah. Glad to talk some movies this week. We got some, some good news, even though last week it was a little short on news. There's a lot of good news this week, and we're doing a draft today. I, I'll let you tell them since you came up with the idea. Uh, we're when we did the draft for Justice League, I thought that was really fun because it's you know a little easier pool to pull from when you're pulling from fictional characters than actors, um, and especially when you're trying to like you know when we do like the Tarantino draft, you're like drafting what Tarantino would do. Mm-hmm. And like it's kind of difficult in that way. So I wanted to get back to the fictional characters, and since we did the DC side of things, I thought let's do a Marvel draft. Oh, okay. But you can't do a, a let's who's who would be the Avengers because that does, doesn't really make them the Avengers. Um, but I decided that we would draft um, who would you do who would who which heroes would you put in your Marvel team up movie. Okay. So we're gonna have we're gonna draft um heroes to put on the hero side and then you get to draft your villain. All right, so, so we get six think, heroes and one villain or two villains? I would I would say two. Two villains? Okay, cool, cool. And six heroes. All right, bet. I'm excited. I'm excited, but I can have one villain if I want, but we do, uh, we're, we're able to get two, but once a character is gone, just like in the other drafts, we can no longer wow. use them. So that's going to be really interesting with this, but I'm excited the fight man. for Spider-Man. The, <laughs> but whenever you're ready, Schubert, I'm ready on this and we got a lot to get into. So let's not even hesitate. Uh, before we get started, it's at the top of our notes. I wanted to, you know, say rest in peace to Alex Trebek. You know, I'm a huge Jeopardy fan. I yeah. have all the episodes of this season taped. Uh, his final episode is going to air on Christmas Day, and all of his most recent episodes that they did this year before he passed away are still currently airing. So you can check those out for sure. Also, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Oh yeah, rest in peace, Sean Connery. I was a little bit far. I think that was a couple weeks ago. But we didn't talk about it last week, we so I just want to I just want to throw that in there because I know we're going to give them a moment of silence. So I just want to say, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. Man, lost Alex Trebek, a legend. We lost one. All right. Well, there will be our moment of silence for Alex Trebek and Sean Connery. The one thing I want to say. When I think of like Sean Connery as of recently, you know how like OJ does his things on Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just it, I find it fascinating to just watch these crazy OJ yeah, rants too, sometimes. Yeah, they're hilarious. And his ass is talking about, he's like, oh man, you know, rest in peace, Sean Connery. I remember the one time I was, you know, uh, going into the locker room in Brentwood. <laughs> And I saw that Sean Connery's name was in there. And I was like, whoa, Sean Connery's a member. And as soon as he <laughs> I said that, he comes walking in the locker room. And I'm like, oh, how are you doing? And I, you know, he was a great guy. And I asked him if he wanted to go to a Lakers game. And he was like, sure. So I ended up, you know, picking up Sean Connery and taking him to a Lakers game to sit in the box. <laughs> That's oh crazy. God, God, for OJ. <laughs> That is wild, but you know, rest in peace to both of those dudes. Are we going straight into the show now? Or are we doing the 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 thing, the the the, the hyperspace thing? 
uh, we are going to do the hyperspace thing because we are ready to jump into the news. So let's get started. Uh, the first one, I'll let you read that. Yeah, because I because I didn't know how we were going to do the notes thing. So the first story, because usually you read the first one, but the Alex Trebek thing was technically the first story. So, all right, James Gunn, we got some casting for Peacemaker. He had he refuses to reveal anything about the timeline of Suicide Squad because he doesn't want to spoil his movie or his series. But Deadline broke the news that Danielle Brooks, you may know her from Orange is the New Black, she is joining the spinoff series. She will play Leota Adebayo, although it's not clear what the character will get up to since uh, she doesn't seem to be a notable DC Comics character. Knowing James Gunn's affinity for the 1980s Suicide Squad, comics, Suicide Squad comics, it's possible she could be adapted from one side hero character, a villain that he's decided to expand on. Also, we have other additions to the cast. Robert Patrick will play Augie Smith. Chris Conrad, playing a big role, will play Adrian Chase, Vigilante. You may know him from Arrow, who I got to say, when Arrow did uh, Adrian Chase, they did a damn, damn good job. I want to give... I want to give props to the uh, Josh Sagara. He did an amazing job as Vigilante. So I'm interested to see how uh, Chris Conrad will portray the character. Jennifer Holland's also set to reprise her role from the Suicide Squad as Amelia Harcourt. And uh, King Shark will also be reprising his role coming back on. Oh, so King Shark. This is big news, man. Adrian Chase. I'm so interested in this. Yeah, adding uh, Vigilante into the mix definitely brings a lot more people who I don't know I guess Vigilante still is a little bit of out there of a character but but he's like the most notable name out of the characters that are, are put in here. I mean I King Shark. King Shark but I mean King Shark doesn't really like want to get your eyeballs to the TV. That's a fact. Uh, so, I'm interested you know. to see if Adrian Chase is going to be like his partner if they're going to be villains because Peacemaker is one of these anti-heroes like Vigilante where he's going for justice, but he's killing, he's doing whatever it takes to suit his idea of justice. So will Vigilante be opposing him or will they be kind of like this Batman and Robin hit squad? That's a good point because since he does have a, well, since he technically is a villain. Yeah, Vigilante's not, necess- Vigilante's not necessarily a villain either. He's more so an yeah. anti-hero just like Peacemaker. Like maybe they're a part of like the same crew. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe they're their teammates or, you know, it's going to be, or they go on like a mission together because I'm, if I have to guess, I think this is before suicide squad. I think it, yeah. I, I think this is before if it's after the balls on James Gunn is, is pretty large, but either way, I'm super, super interested in to cast uh, Danielle Brooks, a great actress and Robert Patrick, who people may know from, I'm trying to see what, Robert Pat, I, I know his face. He's one of those guys that's like a that guy. But uh, he was in Terminator yeah, yeah. Robert 2. Pa- Robert he Patrick isn't the most notable name, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, he was like, the villain in, in Terminator 2. He was in the X-Files. He was in Walk the Line. He's just, if you see his face, you know who Robert Patrick is. Bad cop in Wayne's World. Yep, so I'm excited for this, man. This is big news, and I'm really, really pumped to watch the Suicide Squad, and the TV show. This just gets me, like, Marvel, thank y'all for getting rid of James Gunn because he's given a lot of good DC greatness that I can't wait for. But I'll let you take over because now it's time to get to some Star Wars news. 
Oh yeah, man. It's uh it's it's pretty crazy out here. I'll start off in a little bit of a timeline here. So the first story that I see coming out of the week is Sophie Thatcher joins Mandalorian, but sources say it could be for a Mandalorian spin-off series, which Bob Iger's talked about before, about how they're interested in adapting characters from the Mandalorian series and making them into Ooh, their Sophie own Thatcher's series. Sophie Thatcher's a young actress. Yeah, Sophie Thatcher and Pedro Pascal, fun fact, in a movie together. Oh, okay. Um, like where they were like father's daughter, I'm pretty sure. Like they had like a tight relationship. So, okay. um, season three of the, of Mandalorian was recently listed in Production Weekly with the working title "The Buccaneer." So, mm-hmm. does it you know with them going to a planet mostly on water? Does that mean that maybe something from this trip to Trask could you know really spurn something into a future spinoff? Um, the, because the next day, rumors arise that the possible spinoff series will start su- filming as soon as next week. Mm-hmm. And they also rumored that to be a Boba Fett series. Which I could see Boba Fett becoming a buccaneer. They've been itching to do a Boba Fett series for forever. It's just going to be interesting. It's not confirmed, though. Without his armor. Like, without his arm. Like, is he going to have the armor? I I doubt he will. So, like, we're going to actually see uh, Tamar Morrison. So, good for him. But, like, I'm just interested to see how they make this series cool if it is, in fact, a Boba Fett series. Well, that's where, like, the buccaneer thing gets me thinking because like what if boba fett becomes a pirate not necessarily you know your luffy straw hat pirate pirates in a pirate ship but <laughs> a pirate in, in a star wars sort of way yeah space space pirate, pirate. yep kind of like um which mccullough was kind of one um in his gang bill burr and his gang they were kind of space pirates pretty much Pretty much. That's yep. exactly where I'd be thinking that a lot of people have been saying that maybe Cad Bane would make an appearance in that series. Ooh, that I would be down for. I would totally uh, be down for that. So like Boba Fett series is definitely exciting and I'm interested in it. Um, I think that Boba Fett series would be a reason why we would never see him left in the Mandalorian. Like imagine that they've teased Boba Fett in that last episode just to be like, well, he's alive. So yeah. what you know, and then this series comes out. It. Yeah, true, 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 true. That's so I can point. see that that being in the case, or if he comes back in some capacity, that could possibly be another lead in. Yeah, just like um, a tie in to get us there. There was also other rumors out there that they were thinking about doing a Cara Dune, Katie Sackoff, um, with a Bocadan um series, but I doubt that that's gonna happen because yeah, especially with what's her name, and she's still yeah. tweeting reckless. <laughs> Gina yeah, Carano is just wilding out there every day. Yeah, so I, I don't know about all that, but there is. Um, let's see, did I put this in there? Mm-hmm. George Lucas uh, sequel? No, not the George Lucas sequel, but there are also rumors out there for um, a Star Wars Disney Plus spinoff that has a female-led showrunner. That is hiring up a bunch of martial arts people, um, and that was the when the, that news came out early on. That was originally supposed to be thought of as like the Ahsoka series. So maybe is that the series that they're going to go ahead? Okay, on? okay. So um, what's this George Lucas news? Well, George Lucas has been on a circuit of just talking to people who want to like get quotes from his books, and most recently, some of the the stuff that I found here was something that was in a book recently published about comments he made post prequel. Ah, uh, so this is not um, a sequel that's happened. This is what he would have done. Pretty much. Yeah. This is what he would have done if he would have been given the opportunity to do the sequel. 
Okay. Um, and the gist of it is as follows. The galaxy post-Return of the Jedi would be in chaos. Several Imperial holdouts still try to cause problems for the fledgling New Republic. Meanwhile, a crime syndicate run by Darth Maul and his apprentice, Darth Talon, a lady Sith from the Star Wars Legacy comics, would be the actual major antagonists. Luke would create a new Jedi Order from the remnants of Order 66, a little too late for that. Um, and Leia Organa would be the New Republic's Supreme Chancellor. In fact, Lucas was planning to reveal that she was going to be the chosen one of the prophecy, not Anakin. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also planned to have Luke become uh, one with the Force in the eighth movie, just like Brian Johnson did. That, That already sounds way better than what we got. Like the fact that we're getting a crime syndicate run by Darth Maul and his apprentice, but that would have messed up Rebels. But I digress. That sounds like well, pretty. Well, pretty this was dope. before Rebels. Yeah, true. So, like the thing that you have to keep in mind with this is like obviously Filoni was listening. Yeah, like, and see, I think the difference between this Luke going one with the Force and the one we got. I'm sure Lucas would have, we would have got to see badass Luke in seven with his new order of the Jedi's. Like it would have been fire. Cause he would have done stuff. It wouldn't have just been him on an Island being an outcast. Like we would have got to see Luke be the Luke that we know. And the fact that we're going to get Le- uh, Leia as the chosen one, all of that sounds amazing to me. Yeah. She was supposed to be like the ultimate chosen one. The whole thing was supposed to come accumulate into that. But I mean, of course the thought process with George, at least, you know, around this 2005 era time. And even before then leading up to 2005, we were thinking about doing a sequel with like Luke, Leia and Han at a reasonable age, not old. True. That's very true. So that is yeah, you true. get what you get. That martial arts thing you mentioned sounds really dope. And and the more I'm thinking on it, that's got to be Ahsoka Tano. That's some it Jedi It could be Ahsoka. Shit. I think it could be like Sabine. crazy Night Sister stuff. Sabine with Bo-Katan. Like it could be all sorts of stuff. I'm like, hyped for that. That's the thing about like when I see like the female-led Star Wars and production thing, it's not like they're trying to like shoehorn females in there there's already some like badass female characters that are definitely definitely need to be explored and and just us talking about this gets me excited for star wars but it's like they're not doing the cool shit and hopefully filoni and favreau now see that like we're down for this shit that they're making so like we're gonna get mando we're gonna get ahsoka like that's what we want from star wars hopefully that obi-wan series is cool hopefully cassie and andor is cool a boba fett series would be dope but explore the criminal aspect of it like you said a pirate let's see these space pirates let's see cad bane like there's so much room for growth with star wars and i just want to see it i just want to see it succeed the Boba Fett series, I think what they really wanted out of Mando, and I guess we'll talk about it later on when we talk about the episode, is that, you know, man, you wanted Mando to be like this anti-hero kind of guy, and he still no, kind of is. He kind of is, but, but it's he not kinda, like... He still kind of is, but it's not as much as like what I think you could get out of the Boba Fett series. Like, I could see the Boba Fett like series Mando being to a fine. point where like... Like, Mando yeah. Spike Spiegel. Like, he had an interesting path, but now he's like a bounty hunter for good. For sure, yeah. Where, like, I think Boba Fett, like, it could be something where maybe we're not even rooting for him, but he's just still the guy that you're following. A legitimate anti hero. Yeah, no, 100%. Do you have anything else with this Star Wars stuff? Uh, the Star Wars holiday special Disney Plus show, uh, that the Legos are doing. Oh, um, (laughs) I saw the trailer and it looks, you know, it's for kids. 
but I mean, it's uh, definitely taking its own liberties as Lego should. So good for that. Well, maybe right. maybe maybe it will redeem the past Star Wars. So, <laughs> we shall see. But next up, okay, so the Halo live action adaptation has been in the works for forever, but. It was announced back in mid-2008 when Showtime got the series in the green light. That production kicked off last year, but it was halted due to the COVID pandemic, uh, and it started closing down in, back in March. Now work has resumed, and Showtime has shared a photo of Pablo Schreiber wearing a portion of Master Chief's iconic helmet. It's a nice tease that indicates that the series is going to remain faithful to the video game from that standpoint, at least, in Halo uh, Schreiber will portray the iconic Master Chief's petty officer, John 117. Natasha McElhorn is taking on the role of Cortana and Catherine Halsey, while uh, Shabana Azimi uh, will play uh, Admiral Margaret uh, Paragonsky. Bokeem Woodbine is playing Soren 066, Kate Kennedy Kai 125, Natasha Kolzarak Riz 028. <laughs> Bentley Kalua is playing Varnak 134. Uh, also, Steve Kane and Kyle Killian. Oh, excuse me. Steve Kane and Kyle Killian serve as co showrunners of the series while the plot details are being kept under wraps. It will be, it's believed that the show will focus on the war between the United Nations Space Command and the Covenant in the 26th century. Halo's premiere was originally scheduled for early next year but it's probably going to be delayed due to COVID so we could get it late next year or early 2020, uh, 2022. But the fact that we see a picture of Pablo working again and they're filming, that gives me so much uh, expectations and Showtime's putting out some decent stuff. So this could be huge for Showtime to get it finally like in the conversation of like the streaming service wars. Like if this Halo show is successful, this could be big because I'm assuming that this TV show will start off with game one and start off with the earlier parts of the war. And then the next season or two, three season two and three go over two and then three and four go over three and so on. And like this story can last for forever if they do it right. For sure. I mean, I think it's definitely really exciting and that they're getting be Showtime's Game of Thrones. Notable actors behind it and putting the money into it. Cause we've seen like different iterations of it before always low budget. And I love um, Pablo so- Shriver. Yeah, Pablo Shriver's good. He's um, one of my favorite actors. I had, I had to look up Natasha, Natasha McElhorn, but I remember her now. She's from the Truman Show, Designated Survivor. Oh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, they've got notable actors in this. I think oh, yeah, Natasha McElhorn looks like the, uh, she looks like a watered down, um, what's my girl's name? Meryl Streep. She looks oh, like yeah. a young version of Meryl Streep. She was in, I know her from Californication. Okay, yeah, Californication. She's the wife. Yep. Yes. So I'm excited for this. Are you excited for this Halo show? Um, very skeptical, but I do mm. like the the. Are you skeptical because of Showtime? No, not. I'm actually not skeptical because of Showtime. I'm just skeptical because how do you relay the story? It's just another video game thing that we've talked mm. about before. Like you know, Assassin's Creed is a great idea for a movie, but if you don't execute it right, then like it doesn't work. I like, think this is a little easier because it's a war and like American studios know how to do war stuff. But the thing is, it's sci fi. How much budget are we going into this? Like, there's a lot of questions, but I think it could be special. And I got, and I, I actually like, am higher on it than you are, but I do understand your reservations. 
Yeah, my reservations aren't necessarily have to do with anything of the production. It's just like, I guess the writing. Mm. Like, you know, where where are we going with the story? How is it going to make the viewers feel like they're doing justice to the game? But likewise, how is it going to make people who don't really know the game interested? Yeah, okay. I got you. And and then it could be great, though. But yeah, I could really blow Showtime up for real. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, the big news that everyone has been talking about this week uh, is that Johnny Depp is exiting Fantastic Beasts and Mads Mikkelsen is going to take his place. Uh, Fantastic Beasts 3 is set to release July 15th, 2022. I understand why they're getting rid of him because uh, I did see that. He exited. Uh, yeah, well, he exited. I understand why they had that conversation because even though he proved his innocence, there were still so- a court that found that he did some stuff. But Amber Heard should not be Mara anymore. If, J- if Johnny Depp has to leave, Amber Heard should not be in Mara anymore because she 1,000% abused that man. And I know this is not the podcast for that, but she lied and she got caught. So, like, she should not be able to be Mara if he can't be in Fantastic Grindelwald. Yeah. Even though, you know, being Grindelwald isn't as big as being Mara, that's for sure. That's a fact. And it might be better for his career that he walked out on Grindelwald anyway. Exactly. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, maybe um, it's a blessing in disguise, but definitely I don't think he had to have walked off. Yes, that's true, too. Um, But, you know, honestly, adding Mads Mikkelsen in there is not that bad of a choice. uh, But would I believe a love between Mads Mikkelsen and Jude Law? That's the question. That's the thing. See, I believe the Johnny Depp Jude Law love. It's can Mads portray it the right way? Like Mads is a good choice to be a villain. But do I believe the relationship between him and Jude Law? Like you said, that's the question. Yeah, so we'll see about all that. I think Fantastic Beasts 3 actually has the toughest... The, the the most work it's got to do because like that last movie was trash yeah and also you're living off the expectations of like this you know Dumbledore Grindelwald relationship yeah and Dumbledore's like on. this great and so, wizard and we're gonna see the big battle like Grindelwald's supposed to be Voldemort before Voldemort there's a lot of expectations like to me I don't even know why Newt's commander is gonna even be important well I was about to say and, and then you have to remember that Newt's commander is the the main character, the main character. So, like that's who you're gonna be following yeah and so it's just like. Uh, it's just it's, such it's a, time to put Harry Potter down if we're gonna be honest. But I think not, like it's it's what, even more time to be put down the next story, and I'm oh and I'm ready to trash that shit. Oh yeah, there's a couple things in this uh, in the notes this week that need to definitely get um, destroyed. And the yep. first is this film, the fourth installment of Gerard Butler's action franchise, uh, has its latest installment. Night has fallen. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that. Why are they still making these fucking films? These films are horrendous. Okay, the first one, Olympus Has Fallen. Cool. That was a cool premise. It was like a C plus. It was a decent action movie. That's all it was, an action movie that that was decent. Gerard Butler, you hadn't lost me at that point. You had not lost me. But let me go down the list of just trash. London has fallen. Garbage. Which which is garbage, but understandable as a sequel. Understandable. I I, I can understand that. The next one, Angel Has Fallen, that's where that's where you lost me. Shit was just horrible. In between Olympus Has Fallen and Angel Has Fallen, 
Gerard ba- Butler went from this quality action star to just one of these straight-to-DVD trash actors. We get Gods of Egypt, September's of Shiraz, A Family Man, Geostorm, horrible. Oof. The only good thing he put out was Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves was actually good, but The Vanishing, Hunter Killer, and Angel have fallen all trash. Gerard Butler has... I, I, I don't know if it's like Ryan Gosling and Idris Elba of an agent no, problem. It's not. I don't think it's that. I just think Gerard Butler is just not th- that guy, man. Like, we thought Gerard Butler was going to be this big action star, but he's more so Steven Seagal in... Uh, in uh, what's my John Claude Van Damme than Stallone in uh, Schwarzenegger? Well, I mean, I think what the issue is with um, with Gerard Butler is that he still thinks of himself as the lead. Yeah, he still thinks of himself as a hundred like, guy. If he would be a character actor, it could be good for his career. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he moved into the supporting roles, I think he could, he could really get some like really solid. Uh, movies. There's no reason why Gerard Butler's not like a head of a police station in like a good Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Gosling movie, or he's not like the henchman or co-villain of a Ryan Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Like, there's no reason why he doesn't do that. But like you said, he in his head is convinced he's still this 300 lead actor. When brother, you are not. Yeah, I mean, he even just needs like a solid number two. Like one of my favorite movies he did was Timeline, and time, he and yep. Paul Walker were a perfect duo for that. Yep. So, that's a fact. Like, and Den of Thieves, like it was Pablo Shriver's movie, but he bounced off of Pablo Shriver very well as the villain or the just the antagonist. Put, like, it, put him in Halo. The job. Put him in Halo. Yeah. No, I would love to see him as like a CG villain character. It would work, or as like a head in the army, like that would work as well. But. That shit, night is falling. You already heard the booze. Next up, we got Paramount Pictures is broadening the Quiet Place franchise. The studio has set Jeff Nichols to write and direct the third film, which is based on an original idea by John Krasinski. Rumors are that it isn't a single, it isn't a straight sequel, but rather a new story. That gives me hesitations because this was John Krasinski and Emily Blunt's idea. How can this new person take it over in a new way? That's what I'm waiting to see. But hopefully Jeff Nichols does a good job and and maintains the quality of the series. What really excites me about this, honestly, is that, you know, with A Quiet Place is supposed to have, it's supposed to be in the same world as Cloverfield. Mm. And so if we're getting, if, if this movie can in some way explain why that's, the case or give like a further explanation between the two. Um, I would be super interested in that just cause I really like the Cloverfield stuff. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, I really haven't ever watched the quiet place. So it's a good movie. Like I gotta say what John Krasinski and Emily Blunt made was a good movie and a good franchise. I think both movies are pretty damn good, but you know, what's not a good movie. Let me just get ready and cue the boo button. Like I gotta cue it up. Bloodshot 2 is in the works with Vin Diesel returning. Trash. Trash. And the thing is, the Valiant Universe has so many cool heroes. Ninjak, Exo Man of War, even Bloodshot. 
the idea of when you do Bloodshot 1 and it's successful, that means we can start this Valiant universe. But because Bloodshot and Bloodshot 2 are by Sony and Vin Diesel, I have no expectations of getting a good film. This looks like it's going to just be trash. The first one was not that good. And I was so happy that I was able to see Tenet in theaters because if the last movie I saw in theaters was Bloodshot, that's a sad, sad day. And I, I'm just not excited for this. That movie put me to sleep. That's how boring it was. Hey, don't forget you saw uh, New Mutants in theaters too. Oh yeah, I did. New Mutants was good too. New Mutants was better than Bloodshot. That's a fact. Um, you got anything on that, or did I did I cover everything? Do you think that possibly Bloodshot Two would be the movie to introduce those characters? The it, it should. It should in theory, but I just don't know if what they did in the first one set that up, and I don't know if like Sony is putting the money behind it. And quite frankly, I don't know if Valiant's wants their IP to be run by this Sony Vin Diesel team. Like, y'all got Bloodshot, cool. Y'all keep that. We're not letting y'all do Ninjak because they have too much good stuff to where if they got it done by a legendary or if Amazon, if Amazon got the property and was able to do another universe in their streaming service world, that would be ideal. That's ideal. If I'm Valiant, I'm trying to sell it to Amazon and get the fuck away from Sony. Not just get away, get the fuck away. Because what they put out was fucking dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta just be honest. Next up, we got Chris Pratt and Wu Jing from Wolf Warriors will star in the Universal Pictures remake of Saigon Bodyguards based on the Vietnamese action comedy of the same name. The original film centered on two professional bodyguards who let the most important assets slip away. The Russo brothers are listed as producers. This this could be cool. I think it could be it could be cool. Yeah, I don't know. uh, I guess it's a Universal Pictures remake, so Mm -hmm. I guess it would go in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something that's gonna like make a lot of money in theaters. Like to me, this seems this like another another shot at extraction. Yeah, so. exactly. And if it says action comedy, so which Chris Pratt are well, we getting with in Chris that? Pratt? Like which comedy style? Because like if we I think you're in Star Lord. Oh Jesus! I hope not. Like I prefer Chris Pratt is like what he was doing in Jurassic Park, Jurassic like, World, because he he does com- the- comedic elements in that, but it's. Serious to a certain extent. When I saw this, you know what I thought of right away? Hmm. Rush Hour. Ooh, I thought of Green Hornet, but Rush Hour is a good point, too. You know, the Seth Rogen Green Hornet movie that was kind of... Yeah, mm. this could be Chris Pratt's Rush Hour. You're 100% right. Shanghai and he, Nights. And he is not... Uh, so yeah, more so Shanghai Nights. He's more Owen Wilson than Chris Tucker, because Chris Tucker made me believe it. Owen Wilson... Mm, shaky. And and that's how kind of how I feel about that. Uh, but next up, Will of Fortune is getting a celebrity spinoff series for the first time at ABC. The network has ordered a series of Celebrity Will of Fortune, which will see the long-running game show make its premiere debut. The spinoff will be hosted by Pat Sajak and Vanna White. This is cool. I like Celebrity Family food, Feud, and it's a good way to give money to charity, so I'm down for Celebrity Will of Fortune. Yeah, I think the winner gives a million to charity. Fire. Good. Um, which which is which is all good. That that's the best part of the celebrity stuff. But I, I really don't like the celebrity stuff. Oh, you're not a fan of Celebrity Family Feud because like with the, what what I enjoy out of game shows is that you have like the common everyday person going out there and making mm. a fool of themselves. Gotcha. Where like these are celebrities, and like a lot of the times, well, at least for the Family Feud, they bring out people that I just don't even care about. Mm. Um, I like when uh, they do the NFL players or like NBA teams. I like when they do like the sports guys. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, 
as long as this Wheel of Fortune spinoff doesn't mess up with the day-to-day Wheel of Fortune, I'm cool with it. Pat Sajak wouldn't I feel like they had to get a good idea for him to do that. I don't think they're messing up their IP. Was Pat Sajak now the king of the game shows? Gotta be, because everybody else is retired. Bob Barker, no longer there. It's with Drew Carey. And I gotta say, Drew Carey does a good job with Price is Right. I also gotta say, Emily... uh, What's my girl's name? Emily, uh, who was in Power Rangers? Emily, uh, who does Price is Right? I mean, not Price is Right. Who does, oh, uh, Elizabeth Whammy. Banks. Oh, yeah, not Emily. Elizabeth Banks. I think she does a good job with Whammy. I think the lady from Glee does a good job with The Weakest Link. I just wish they had the trap door. I like The door. Weakest Link. I like The Weakest Link a lot. I just missed The Trap Door. I do not like Leslie Jones's game show, but that's because I feel there's a better grocery game show with guys' grocery games that is very similar to that, but it has the cooking aspect of it. And I just feel Supermarket Sweep was cool in the 80s, but with guys' grocery games, I'm more intrigued to watch that than I am Supermarket Sweep. And and uh, no disrespect to it, Leslie Jones. It's not Leslie like, Jones's fault because she does a good job. I, honestly, I don't like her. Mm. And I, that's not that she is, like, bad at it, but I think what made Supermarket Sweep so good was that goofy ass, <laughs> uh, like host that they had? Like, I just can't. And, and it wasn't the host that did like a lot of the stuff. It was like that typical eighties, nineties game show where you had like all the cheese. Like you had like the loudspeaker guys, and just like the overall feel that it gives is just it takes a, it takes now. a special person to host a show because like. Honestly, the best hosted show has to probably be Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady. The way he hosts that show, and I saw Let's Make a Deal in primetime, it was really damn good. His team is good. I, like I said, I think Drew Carey's good as well. I think Elizabeth Banks is good, but just not to just shit on Leslie Jones. I think the card shark, Joel McHale, is not good. I think his show is trash. I think it's the same situation with Leslie Banks. Like Jimmy Leslie Kimmel Jones. and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, I don't like Jimmy Kimmel and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And I think Jimmy Kimmel probably has the best late night show out of like him, Fallon, and like uh, Corbin. Like the only other That's guy. That's a hot take. I, oh, Jimmy Kimmel's better than all of them. The only, the only person that I don't think he's better than is uh, John Oliver. I think John Oliver is the king of... And he doesn't really count. Yeah, he doesn't count. Exactly. So Jimmy Kimmel, to me, is the best. And I, but I do not like him on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Him, Leslie Jones, and Joel McHale, the worst game shows out right now. Besides the match game. What's the match game? Uh, with Alec Baldwin and all the oh, other celebrities. Yeah, that one like sucks, from, too. Straight from the 70s. That one's the worst. You're absolutely you know what, right. You know which one I do kind of oh, like? Oh, Steve Harvey I, does a great job with Family Feud. I yeah, didn't give I was, Steve I, Harvey credit. I didn't know if you had already said that. No, um, I didn't. And, but I do like to tell the truth with um, the guy from Blackish, with Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson and his mom—they host to tell oh, the I truth. Didn't even, I need to watch that. I never even saw that. But yeah, Pat Sajak definitely the king of game shows. He's the old, oldest one running, and his show still feels fresh every damn day. So I'm excited and, for that. And he's a veteran, so you know we're filming this on Veterans Day. So thanks to all the veterans. One hundred percent. Thank you. Um, so the next story that we have is that Netflix has picked up the right to another festival indie. And I think you'll like this one, Lyndon, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Hudson and Kel- Kelvin Harrison star in monster, uh, monster, which premiered in Sundance in 2018 is a featured debut for the music video and commercial director and, and Anthony Mandler mm-hmm. and his all-star cast includes Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Jarrell Jerome, Ooh. Jennifer Ellie, 
Tim Blake Nelson, Ooh. Nas, Ooh. John David Washington. Oh my gosh, this career is and Rakeem and Rakeem Mayers, better known as ASAP Rocky. Yes, sir. This this sounds great. What's the story? Uh, the story follows a 17-year-old honor student, Harrison, from Harlem, whose world comes crashing down around him when he is charged with a felony murder. Obviously, oh, it's a Sundance film, so it's going to be super drama. But, I mean, like, look at those names. I hope Jeffrey Wright's his lawyer. And I hope, like, John David Washington is the opposite lawyer. Like, there's so much, there's so many ways I think of this. Like Jarell the prosecutor? Jer- like, uh, yeah. maybe uh, Harvey Dent? Something like that. And Jarell Jerome would be great. Tim Blake Nelson probably is like the cop or something. Like there's so much good shit in this. I'm very, very interested in this. Good for Netflix. Good for the whole cast. I'm actually excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a really cool. And this is the type of shit I want to see John David Washington do. Like I'm being honest. Well, and I'm surprised that it hasn't been seen uh, or picked up earlier since it was, you know, came out in Sundance in 2018. Like this is an early John David Washington film. Yeah, super early. Has, you know, is going to be this is before he out. hit his stride. So I'm interested to see how he does this. And yeah, I love seeing Jeffrey Wright. So yeah, big time. Uh, Je- Jennifer Hudson, too. It'd be interesting yeah. to see her do something that's like not singing, singing oriented. And good for Tim Blake Nelson, too. After Watchmen, this is something that could be big for him as well. Yeah, he's dope. Uh, so Apple TV has unveiled a stellar ensemble cast for its new murder mystery comedy series, Ooh, The comedy. After Party. Okay. Tiffany Haddish, All Sam right. Richardson okay. from Veep, uh, Zoe Chow from uh, the shows Love, Life, and Downhill. I don't know if you've ever seen them. No. Ben Schwartz. Nice. My guy. Is that is that a uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz? Uh, no middle ditch, but yeah, but this Schwartz, is him, okay. Yeah. That y'all, right now you already have me sold with Tim with Tiffany Haddish and Ben Schwartz. Um, Ike Barinholtz. Ooh, Ike Barinholtz and Tiffany Haddish have a great movie together where they're yeah, married. The Thanksgiving one. Yes, that's a great, great. Con- Hold on, I'm gonna get the name of it, but I loved Ike Barinholtz and Tiffany Haddish's chemistry. So he's another great name to add to this. Um, Alana Glazer. Oh, I'm sold. I'm sold already on the cast. Um, Dave Franco. Oh, I'm even more so. I'm more. It's called the Oath. The Oath. Oath. Yeah. Yeah. The Oath. Um, Jamie Demetrio and from Fleabag and John Early from Search Party, which is this a show is a that cast. I saw on HBO Max. This is a damn good cast. Um, so they're gonna star in the series from Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Even uh, better. Miller. Miller created this eight-episode single-camera comedy series, and it's set in a high school reunion after-party. Uh, each episode will feature a retelling of the same night told through I'm a different it. character's perspective, I'm each with this. its own unique visual format and film genre to match the teller's personality. Haddish will play Detective Danner, the eccentric detective assigned to solve the high-profile case. Richardson is Anique, a lovable escape room designer who hopes to reconnect with his high school crush, uh, Zoe. Chow is Zoe, a former artist um, turned school administrator who is newly separated from her high school sweetheart. Schwartz will play Jasper, Anique's relentlessly positive best friend who dreams of a career in music. Barinholtz will portray Brett, mm-hmm. Zoe's ex-husband, an arrogant former high school athlete. <laughs> That's going to be Blazer. hilarious. Glazer will play Chelsea, the former high school valedictorian and class president. That's going to be great as well. Uh, Franco will portray Xavier, once a dorky high school drama student, now a famous pop star and actor. Fire. 
Demetrio is Walt, ignored throughout high school. Walt attends the reunion with hopes to be remembered. Um, and early will play Detective Culp, Detective Danner's overly eager partner. So Miller will serve as creator and showrunner and executive producer, and Lord will executive produce through the pair's shingle, Lord Miller. This sounds great. This is so good for Lord and Miller's career. I know they had the stumbling blocks with Han Solo, but seeing uh, the Spider-Man Spider movie get Spider-Verse be great, the Lego movie be great, and, and we know what mother. they we how I met your mother. We know what they did with the Jump Street in that form of comedy. So them getting back into that world with this. I'm excited for this. The last two stories are very high on my list of that sounds fucking dope. Well, like that and cast and just the what, the characters they're playing, it just sounds like they know what they're doing. The fact that Ike Barinholtz is the ex-jock and now you have Dave Franco as this nerdy dude who is now a pop star and then Tiffany Haddish as the detective, Alana Glazer as the as the valedictorian. Well, it just works. It just well, all and, works. And the thing of these characters, and that's why I like went through all of the <laughs> description because the fact that each episode is going to retell the same night through a different character's perspective. I love that Not only through the different perspective, but through a unique visual format and film genre to match the teller's personality. And we know I they think can that do that's that with absolutely genius. We saw how yeah. they do that stuff with Spider-Verse. And just thinking of how Knives Out is did the murder mystery, we see uh, Ready or Not doing it. I love that it's coming back. We get all those Agatha Christie's with uh, my boy uh, from Tenet, uh, Kenneth Branagh, and now we're getting this version of it. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Yeah. And the one thing that is, I guess, a little bit me making a, a big, I guess, a, kind of a big statement. But, you know, we, how we always say that we trust Amazon. Mm -hmm. I trust Apple TV. I, I think I'm kind of with you now. I mean, Apple TV, most everything that they put out on there, I, fucking good. I really enjoy it. So. Like, I, I would put them right now in terms of quality. It's HBO, Amazon at the top. I, I'd say they might be next. Yeah, when it comes to quality, when it comes to just quality. quality, straight quality, not quantity. And, I think they might be next. And like, I think that also has to do with them having a lack of quantity. That's a fact. Because you know, Hulu and Netflix have just done so much. To They've just done licensing. Mess themselves yeah, up. they're just the licensing crew. And then, like, yeah. of course, Netflix does their originals every now, like, well, not every now and again they do them, but every now and again they're successful. But I'm not mad at that statement of of Apple TV because it is great. Like, if you haven't seen Mythic Quest yet. You and you're a fan of It's Always Sunny, you're missing out because Mythic Quest Mythic is Quest. amazing. The morning show is amazing. The morning show. I really like C with Jason Momoa. C, I think that's a good yeah. action show. Like, Ted Lasso, the one with uh, Sudeikis. Ted Lasso's great. Oh, very good. So shout out to Apple TV. That's big. And I, I'm definitely going to be watching this Lord Miller show. All right. Well, the other story that you have been really excited about is Millie Bobby ba Brown in her new role in the Netflix adventure movie Damsel from director Juan Carlos Fresendiallo or Dio. Yeah, Fresendiallo. Uh, who did, who did uh, 28 Weeks Later and Intruders. Uh, the plot details are few and far between, but we all that we know is that Millie Bobby Brown will play Princess L.O.D., who is dumped and who's duped into thinking she's been betrothed to Prince Henry before discovering that she's actually going to be sacrificed to a dragon. Uh, it sounds like this one might have a comedic tone, but the trades don't seem to know very much about it yet. This is kind of... I gotta imagine it's comedic. Yeah, this, this sounds meh. Netflix to me, 
I don't know. Millie Bobby Brown, Anola Holmes wasn't that great. I don't know. She's trying to I, kudos to her. She's trying to she's trying to make it. And we're seeing how these Stranger Kate kids. We talked about Caleb McLaughlin last week. You are fed up with Finn Wolfhart and getting all the young white boy roles. And we're trying to see Millie Bobby Brown. She did Godzilla. Eh. Anola Holmes. Eh. So like hopefully this is good for her for her career. Yeah, I think she's she's just trying to find a movie, you know. She's, she's trying done to find the success. success on Stranger Things, but you know, she wants to to do take another the next one. Step. Yeah, that's a fact, and she needs to. So, hopefully, this works. But with Netflix mm, and it's comedy, mm, I don't think they're gonna go like too mature with the comedic level. I think Millie Bobby Brown's trying to make this show for teens and kids. I don't know about that. I hope it's not. Well, the you know, I think it could be a little bit more serious than that. Like because I'm of thinking, the director, because of the director, and because like the whole purpose is that she's going to be sacrificed to a dragon. I'm thinking like maybe if it's not super comedic, it could be a little bit. I think I, I could see where this horror? could be serious. I, not not necessarily horror, but like I I could see it being like slightly comedic. It just depends. It, like, it really you, does. It depends on if you're trying to do like disenchantment. Or if you're trying to do like, uh, shoot, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it's gonna be like disenchantment. That's a, that was the first thing I thought of. Yep. and I'm thinking of the uh, Amy Adams uh, princess movie too with Disney. Oh, what that's like Ellen Enchanted. Ellen no, Chanted. yeah, I think that's what it is. Or no, like that, that's Anne Hathaway. Oh, well, what's the Amy Adams? princess movie okay it's just enchanted yeah it's just enchanted yeah i thought of that too so hopefully it's not that hopefully it's more disenchantment than enchanted but we shall see Uh, the last thing i have here um is hardy boys they did a trailer they're going to have their own hulu series did not know that this was coming and it looks trash oh okay that's why you told me i didn't have to watch it (laughs) yeah it doesn't even look like it's like true to form with the Hardy Boys. Like I was thinking, like it would almost be like a different mystery of the week kind of thing. It's not like, you know, people people hate on procedurals, but yet people are still with, watching Law and Order. And it works and, with know, cartoons. Like, like, like Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo was one of the greatest procedurals ever. And like if the Hardy Boys followed the Scooby Doo formula, it could work. Like I mean, if the Hardy Boys were like tackling, you know, a a new case like almost every episode yeah but like this seems like it's going to be way more big on the conspiracy of the town but i think that has to do with stuff that was in the books so i guess you can't hate on it too much but it's just like i don't know it's probably just not for me at this point too i think they're trying to get that young adult back young yeah the kid audience Um, 100 yeah so all right next up we got tenant is coming to dvd on december 15th uh schubert's telling me to buy it for him for christmas that'll probably be your christmas gift and if you want that brother all right y'all i was was telling you or the fans oh you are the okay well i'll probably get it for him fans since so y'all don't have to but tenant december 15th all right let's get into rumors and small stories so a couple weeks back we told y'all that michael b jordan was the idea lead for the mark millard comic that they have uh, called Prodigy, and I read Prodigy, and it is fucking amazing. Like, 
oh my gosh, talk about it's James Bond meets Batman, but it has like this amazing Kingsman X vibe to it. And the fact that they wanted Michael B. Jordan and Mark Millar thought of Michael B. Jordan when making it. And now Michael B. Jordan got offered the role. Hopefully he accepts it because this could be a big franchise for him. It could work like James, James Bond meets James Bond uh, meets Bourne. Uh, Jason Bourne meets Batman meets Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I'm not going to say Batman. It's more Sherlock Holmes meets James Bond with like this black character. And it has so much heart, so much swagger, so much dope action. I'm super, super excited for that. So hopefully Michael B. Jordan takes it because I could see that being a big role for him and being his next franchise. I'm going to go through all of them, Schubert, then you can give your thoughts on them. Next up, WB still has plans to bring Will Smith back for a Deadshot movie show or just to have him in a movie or a show. Hopefully he can be in the uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad world because Will Smith has Deadshot worked really well. Emily in Paris has been renewed for season two at Netflix, as well as Umbrella Academy for season three. Only 10 episodes, though. Next up, Magic or Order. Oh, it's not it's not going to happen. The magic order is being retooled. A decision was made that the series as currently envisioned won't move forward anymore. But Netflix hopes to revisit it because they love it as well as it's a part of Mark Millar's deal. But as of now, it looks like they're going forward with Prodigy and then instead are going to re- retool magic order. And I'm glad they're going with Prodigy because that's a great thing. But they need to get magic order right because want to talk about getting Netflix an amazing franchise, Magic Order could be something special. So, Schubert, what do you think of these small stories and rumors? What it sounds like is that if they were going to take a property to introduce the Mark Millar stuff, that they're doing the right thing by pulling Magic Order and then putting out Prodigy first. Mm-hmm. Um, because, right. you know, obviously they just didn't feel like the Magic Order had... Uh, had what it takes to be like the one to push the Mark Millar world into Netflix. But more, it's, it sounds more so like they just didn't have the right script because it's, you have to adapt it the right way. Cause it's well, that's what I'm saying. Like, comic. If you don't feel confident about it, then like, don't let that be the rollout. Yeah, that's a fact. And go with prodigy because it's something that American audiences can relate to. And like you said, it's a good intro to the Mark Millar verse. So once you understand like his writing styles and the way his shows will work, then you'll be more adapt to accept magic order and understand it. Yeah. Um, but with the WB Deadshot, um, I don't think Will Smith would ever sign on to do a Deadshot series. Um, <laughs> Maybe but I, can, I, well, I, I mean, yeah, that's what, it would, that's what it would be. I just don't see him being, yeah, I just don't see him being on TV. I could do see him, you know, appearing as Deadshot in a series or a movie. Yeah. That's what I think is going to be. I don't think he's going to get his own anything anymore i think it's gonna just be him roaming the dc universe like it should but if he's cool to do that that's fine yeah i'm like, cool I with think that. If, you know even in like marvel like if there was characters that were you know in the marvel mcu that, that has said, to be you wolverine what? yeah i mean deadpool is Deadpool's the one i'm thinking of too. at the moment that's already established um but like if if you're i don't think you have to necessarily have every single person have their own movie yeah, or like that's. I mean, that was the thing. Like, I'm glad that Black Widow finally did get a movie, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Like with Hawkeye, like Hawkeye is never yeah. going to have a movie, and even that series isn't really going to be about him. It's more so about Kate Bishop. Yep. So like, but Hawkeye is like a, a central piece. That's uh, I guess like what uh, Nebula is a character that is essential. That 
never got their own movie. Yeah, true. No, like you you don't necessarily have to have like your own thing to be able to be a contributing factor. So Deadshot works as like a person who roams, like he's an assassin. He gets hired for tasks. Let him get hired in the Batman movie. Let him get hired in a Suicide Squad movie. Like that would be great. That's what I was about to say. I was like, I could see the. But the timelines might be off for the Batman Post stuff, Flash. which is a thing. Post Flash. Post Once, Flash. Post Flash, that's when I think. And that's why I think it's like they still have plans for him. It's just they have to get all this other stuff out first. Okay. Yeah, um, so. Emily in Paris and Umbrella Academy. I haven't heard good things about Emily in Paris. I guess you're the only person who said it was good. No, a lot, a lot of people I'm hearing like it. So, like, good for Emily in Paris. I'm not going to let you just shit on it. It was pretty damn good. So, I'm excited um, for that. But, and good for Umbrella Academy. There wasn't Umbrella Academy 10 episodes last season anyway? Uh, I think it might have been 12, but, you know, 10's cool. I think it was 10. It might have been. I might be wrong. But that's all we got for rumors and small stories. Let's get into the movie on the rise, and you can start us off. Um, So the new show I have on Movie on the Rise this week is Big Sky. I've talked about it before. I'm really excited for it to come out. That's the George Clooney Um, thing, huh? No, no, no. That's uh, Midnight something. Uh Oh, but the Big Sky is a TV series coming out on Amazon. Oh, on ABC, about, yeah. Or my bad. Yeah, yeah it's a police ABC. procedural. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not a procedural. It's you know like a mystery thriller. Mm. Some girls get kidnapped in the first oh, yeah, episode. Yeah, Big Little Lies like, creator. Yeah, mm-hmm. this yeah, this could yeah. be good. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to check that out. That's coming the 17th. Okay, so, so later next this Tuesday. No, yeah, next Tuesday. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I have on Movie on the Rise is Wayne. Wayne, I've talked about early, way early on in the podcast, like I think like in the 20s, 30s episodes, because it was rolled out with the launch of YouTube TV. And, you know, because YouTube TV was still kind of picking up um, its momentum, it kind of figure fell. out what it wanted to be. Pretty much. And so it kind of fell to the wayside. Like that was when, you know, they were like, oh, we got the show Wayne. We got Cobra Kai. But people yeah. weren't really going to YouTube TV for like original content. And then they changed their whole format to just be live TV, which I think works best for them. It works best for it. But I'm glad that Cobra Kai was able to find a new home. And now that Wayne is able to find a new home at one of our favorite places, Amazon. That's how you know um, it's good. So, so Amazon hasn't necessarily you know, grabbed its teeth into it and expanded on the series yet, but they did put the the first season that came out last year on the So hopefully if people watch it, that means we and, can get a new season. Yeah, and I've t- that's what I'm doing right now, telling people to watch it. I've gone five episodes in. I'm really enjoying it. Um, the young actors are doing a good job, but also has some older actors that What's I really about? like. Um, Wayne is a 16-year-old dirty Harry with a heart of gold, sets out on a small two-stroke road bike from Boston to Florida with his new friend, Dell to get back a, um, a Trans Am, a, a 79 Trans Am that was stolen from his father before he died okay. by his mom and his uh Oh, this is a pretty good cast. Yeah, um, Mark McKenna and Sierra Bravo are the two like main leads, and they do a really great job. Um, you got the Mayhem guy from Allstate is in it. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, um, Mike O'Malley, who you, you definitely recognize his face when you see him. Uh, James Earl, same same case. Like yeah, a lot that's of people what I was about that, to say. James Earl, I definitely recognize. 
that when you when you check out the series, it'll be like, oh, I know that guy, I know that guy. And like they're from Brockton, Massachusetts, so they have really thick Boston accents. Mm, okay. Oh, I'm going to definitely check like out Wayne this week before our next show. So I'll let you know how I feel about it next week. Um, yeah, you know, the, the positive thing about it, too, everyone knows that I like short, short stuff. It's like 30 minute episodes. Oh, OK, lit. Word. Well, I'm so definitely going to peep out Wayne. So y'all make sure y'all check out Wayne and Big Sky. I got to your suggestions. The Good Lord Bird. It is starring um, Ethan Hawke. It is about the abolitionist John Brown, and it's kind of Hunter's S where they're going through uh they're going through and basically killing fucking racists and slave owners and he's setting slaves free so it's a pretty damn good show you can watch it's on uh Showtime so you can get it on Hulu or Amazon if you have the Showtime subscription and if you also have a Showtime subscription I want to give a documentary that I didn't know existed and I think Showtime does Showtime competes with HBO in terms of eight, uh sports documentaries I think 30 for 30s kind of fell below the wayside they haven't been as good as when they originally were and hbo kind of took the crown and showtime's right there with them they have the muse documentary which is the kobe bryant one i think the ron artest story is immaculate they had the stefan marbury one for a little bit before it went to streaming and but this one is called basketball county it's in the water and it's about this county outside of maryland dc where like michael beasley came from victor oladipo kd just um they have over 10 people in the league, like, uh, whatchamacallit, like, they have so many people that just 10 right now, and all the past people, it's such a good story about this area and how basketball became so big. I couldn't recommend this documentary enough. It is great. So, those are my two suggestions for y'all this week. Uh, Schubert, what are we doing first? The draft or are we doing Mando? We could do Mando first, get that out of the way. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, if it was a different week for Mando, I'd say we should close. I'm glad you're but honest. It can can I boo Mando this week? I wouldn't boo it. Can I but give I it? Mean, all like, right, all right, all right. I'm not gonna boo it. I'm gonna give it this sound effect for it. It's just, it's just mad. That's fine. It's mad this week. It's mad. Like, uh, it starts off real hot. Yeah. Let's be real. Like, he gets ambushed by some bounty hunters that are trying to get the child. And um, he, he comes into a standoff. Ass. Yeah, he kicks their ass, comes into a standoff with one of the little guys who is a reoccurring character from a, a, one of the sequel movies. Mm. And, um, well, obviously not going to be in the sequel movies because he dies, but it's the same species or whatever. But so he, the, he wants Mando's jetpack in exchange for the child. And Mando gives him the jetpack. I'm like, you just gave him his, your jetpack? What? And then all of a sudden we see him th- shoot him up in the air and the dude falls and he gets his jetpack back. The baby looks up at him and he's just like... <laughs> yeah, he's like, and then I can do about it. <laughs> so, like, that's, I, I hate that, that frog lady that's about to come in. Yeah, so that's one of the first signs that, you know, people, a lot of people have been talking about um, that are analyzing the Mando super hard about you know, is the child going to have some dark side tendencies because of all the killing that meant um, that Din puts him through. So I, I you know, and if I anything, think, it'll like, be a great even, Jedi. Cause Jin doesn't do anything that's evil per se. Yeah. But you know, he doesn't necessarily have like, uh, that's what I'm saying. Great Jedi. And, uh, yeah. uh, a person, a, a person that uses the force that's in the between. And it makes sense that Ahsoka Tano Ahsoka is the one that finds her. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so after that, yeah, it gets back to Amy Sedaris or whatever. So Peyton Reed directed this What a episode, waste of Peyton Reed. Which was and I know you're a fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Peyton Reed. So it was definitely a waste of Peyton Reed. Maybe he gets another episode. Probably not. Um, but of course, he had to have a giant ant in his episode, <laughs> Dr. Mandible. Um, and um, that's where Mando comes in with him and Amy Sedaris. Uh, Amy Sedaris tells him that she has some, uh, this person who knows where Mando Mando's is. She's got to like yeah. give him a safe passage, but she, the catch is you have to travel sublight. Meaning yeah, you can't do light speed. speed. So you got to go just super slow, and pirates are coming after their ass. Yeah, um, things that happen with that. So you meet the frog lady, um, Amy Sedaris speaking frog. I thought it was pretty funny, i to be honest. And then you have Baby Yoda always trying to eat her little eggs. Another thing, like this little evil kid, dude, just, you know, <laughs> killing hungry. younglings. It's not killing younglings. It's just hungry, man. It doesn't know the difference. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that to Baby Yoda. His ass was just hungry. And then you, this is the closest thing to Star Wars horror we've seen. Uh, I would say so. With the spiders? And it was pretty scary. So, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think you can boo this episode because, like, there were some things that were... I thought that the intro was was good. I thought that they gave you a good feel of that cantina, that Moss Eisley cantina, even though, I mean, that's just, like, a small nitpick thing. But then, you know, once you get into the ship and they're traveling or whatever, you meet, you encounter uh, Filoni, and um, I can't remember the actor's name. The Rebel name. Pilots. But you know the two rebel pirate pilots, and that's like a callback to the last episode with Bill Burr, where they're like, "Oh, you were the guy who." Yep. You know, and they were like, "Because you saved the uh, security guard, we're not going to kill you, and we'll let you get away." Oh, and with it. and we'll and capture those other guys. Yeah, Bill Burr and, and all, all the friends. And we'll, and we'll let you go free. And he, the man who asks for help, and they help him fix his ship, and he basically just dips out with the frog lady. Now another yeah, two you know two major things that happen in this episode that I don't I'm not saying major but most interesting things the the space the space slash planetary ship battle where he's escaping the X wing stuff that was dope yeah with the Razor that was press. Some really really good special effects work and secondly the spiders was also very good special effects work baby yoda eating another little egg at the end <laughs> yeah that's funny where he looks back at the lady or whatever she's like covering the eggs and he like turns and he's like <laughs> <laughs> little sneaky little brat bro i love it he's i love the little characterization they're giving was, him without having him talk you know where a lot of people say filler i call it more of a lead up it seems it like this is the part filler. one of a part two Hopefully, because like, man, we had big expectations for episode two and none of those things we predicted happened. So this this felt like the Rebels Clone Wars episode where it's like, all right, this is the which is funny because the spiders are from Rebels Clone Wars. Exactly. This felt like one thousand percent the in between. So, you know, whatever. I'm excited Um, for the next episode, though. Oh, let me check real quick. So what I do know about people directing the rest of the way um carl weathers is doing the fourth episode oh so that's probably when his character is going to appear let me see i'm pulling up the episode list um, so we can talk about that. episode 2.3 i don't know if they have a director for that one yet so that's going to be a surprise oh um, yeah the but- episode three we don't have a director yet six seven and eight we do not know but we know um, that four five, is carl weathers yeah. and five is filoni uh that's ahsoka 
Three was written by John Favreau. Four was written by Favreau. Five was written by Filoni. So like you said, that's definitely Ahsoka. Or that might be some, uh, the Blade, the Darksaber with uh, Moff Gideon. And then funny enough, uh, six was written by Favreau. Seven was written by Rick Famuyiwa. And eight was written by Favreau. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it seems like. I, you know, Mark, episode five, for sure. Yeah, Two weeks, what, three weeks away. That's Ahsoka. Um, I think Sasha Banks is coming in the next episode. We're definitely going to see him on the ship that we've seen in the trailer in this episode. And then Carl Weathers and Cara Dune are coming in in four with the Carl Weathers four. director. Yeah, we shall see. Hopefully that it comes out like that. And I'm guessing in this next one, he'll figure out where to go find the Mandos at. Sure. Or he'll get a message to have to go meet up with Carl Weathers and Gina Carano on some planet. Yep. At the end. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it for Man- Mando. Um, this is probably the lowest rated episode. Yeah. In the show's, in the show's existence. Oh, strike that. I think the gunslinger was. Oh, I like the gunslinger, man. They, they be doing Bobby Cannonball's like, son bad. People really hate the gunslinger, and I just don't understand. Like, this was definitely was worse than bad. The, this was definitely worse than the gunslinger. This was the worst Mando episode yet. I just yeah, was bored sure. the whole time. I was just like, I'm just watching this for the pod. I'm not watching this like the other episodes where I enjoy what I'm watching. This was this yeah. felt like work where the other episodes did not. But all right, let's get to our draft, man. You got a coin, buddy? I don't. Oh, hold on. I got. I got. I think I got one. Because we had to draft the uh, best music label on Bros Who uh, Bros Who Think. Um, whatever, I got a bottle cap. It'll work. Same thing. All right. Yeah. You want the top of the bottle cap or the bottom? Um, the bottom. All right. It's the bottom. So you're picking first. Are you picking villain first or hero first? And we're doing snake draft um, format. I'm picking Hero first, and I'm picking Spider-Man. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to pick Villain first. I'm going to pick Magneto as my first villain. Nice, nice, nice. So and since it's Snake Draft, that means I go back to back. I'm going to pick my second villain, who is Doctor Doom. <laughs> That's a big one. That kind of, you know, that changes the slate. So what are the two villains again? My two villains are Magneto and Dr. Doom. Those are two big ones for sure. Uh, I'm going to draft villain next, even though since you drafted your two, it doesn't necessarily matter when I draft them now. Yeah. But I'll go ahead and get it out of the way. My villain is Kang the Conqueror. Ooh, okay. Jonathan Majors. Yeah. So new character, but I like where the direction's going with that. Okay. And because of Kang's origins, my next hero is Reed Richards. Damn, damn, big pick. I needed that, but that's okay. I'll still have a Fantastic Four member. Okay, cool. You went with Reed, so that's your uh, back-to-back pick. Your back-to-back was uh was Kang and uh, Reed, so now it's about to be my next pick, and then I go first after. So since you took Reed, I'm going to take Sue Storm to have to my Doctor Doom ties. And then right after that, I'm going to choose Cyclops from the X-Men. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, notice we haven't really done any of the big heroes besides Spider-Man. Yep. Um, I'm going to jump in with the next one, and it mainly kind of goes with the ties 
of Kang um, and what we're going to see in actual real life. Uh, I'm going to go with Ant-Man. Ooh, okay. Okay, nice, nice. All right, now it's my so, pick. Nah, oh, no, 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 yeah, your pick. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is your first pick because that was your second. Um, so you got two heroes. You got Ant-Man. And, oh, no, you got three. You got Ant-Man, Reed Richards, and Spider-Man. Cool. I think my next hero. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with Thor Ooh, right okay. now. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm not mad at that. I'm going Black Panther. Uh, T'Challa, and then so that was my second pick of that round, and then I'm going to pick Dr. Stephen Strange. So right now I got Sue Storm, Cyclops, Black Panther, and Stephen Strange. I got two more heroes. I think you have one villain and one hero left. Yeah, and for the villain, um, that kind of goes back to that Thor pick. I'm picking Loki. Mm, Okay, nice. And um, for the last pick, hmm. who's your final hero? Final hero. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I might, I might forego and let you just do your pick, and I'll just pick last. All right. So I got Stephen Strange, Black Panther, Sue Storm, and Cyclops. So. I need, so right now, though, I'm going to tell you the story, the the story of what I'm doing. So I'm going to draft Wolverine uh, to to give me some more X-Men. And I'm going to draft my final pick will be Scarlet Witch. So I'm going Wanda Maximoff. That's my final pick. And I'll pitch my movie. I I kind of have an idea for what my team's doing, too. So Damn, your I should have just thought of that. You should have just did it. You should have just did it. Dang, that was, that was close. Because uh, I don't want to cop out and just get the wasp because like that kind of fits into what I'm trying to do. But I want to get someone else that might fit that. And then I don't want to get Gene because Gene is just so powerful. Yeah, I didn't want Gene either. Yikes. <laughs> I couldn't choose Daredevil because and I wanted to fit Daredevil on my team, but the my storyline, there's no way he fits. You could choose Daredevil. Yeah. I could choose Daredevil. I wanted to try and get um a female superhero in there. Yeah, I got two. Um so I guess I'm just gonna stick with the wasp just because like I can I guess you can see where I'm kind of going with this. I'm thinking that. You know, Kang and Loki end up, you know, teaming up to do like a time travel deal. And so, you know, Thor obviously is involved in it, trying to, to you know, take care of Loki. But then, you know, Ant-Man has to fight Kang, bring in Reed Richards with the connect- familial connection, Spider-Man. Um, I was hoping I was going to maybe get Doctor Strange so I could include some kind of like multiverse into it. Uh, but, you know, Spider-Man can do a time travel. That'd be pretty cool. And of course, the wasp mixes in with Amian. So lit, lit. I got Magneto and uh, Magneto and Doctor Doom meet on like a, a a dark night, and they agree to have a partnership. They have a pact, but 
news of their partnership leaks and Sue Storm. And because Black Panther's a Fantastic Four member, and I'm assuming that Reed Richards is off doing your mission, Sue Storm and Black Panther need to form a squad with the X-Men to help take down Dr. Doom. They uh, require the tasks of Cyclops and Wolverine, but Wanda Maximoff hears that her father is out causing ruckus. She wants to join the squad and Stephen Strange gets approached by Black Panther to join as well as a contingency plan in case Wanda Maximoff goes off the handles and goes off the rails as someone who can contain her and as someone who can help uh, kind of go pound for pound with Doctor Doom. So it's this mission of these six heroes before we're, before they actually do anything before Magneto and Doom can actually uh, acquire their plans. These four, these six, uh, six heroes go on a, a stealth mission secret strike to take down the partnership of Dr. Doom and Magneto. That's pretty dope. Yes, sir. Solid draft. I like both of our teams and both of our storylines. Interesting enough, yeah. none of us took Captain America. None of us took Iron Man. Iron Man. But you did take Hulk. Thor. I did take Thor. I did take Spider-Man. Yeah, but none of us took, like, the major Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, the major Avengers. You're the closest one. I did take Black Panther. None of us took Thanos, and none of us took uh, Galactus or whatever. Mm, You need more than six heroes for those peeps. And, like, you you could say you need more than six heroes for Magneto and Doctor Doom, but I think the... I think it's just I have the right characters to take them on. Like Magneto's family ties with um, Wanda. You have Black Panther as like Dr. Doom's a king, Black Panther's a king. And then Sue Storm has her relationship with Dr. Doom. And then you have Cyclops and Wolverine's ties with Magneto. And then Dr. Strange's ties to Dr. Doom. So I just feel felt like all of those characters really work well. But if I had a side story, I would have made like, you, the, see, but you took Spider-Man first, but my other one was going to be Kingpin versus Kingpin and Craven the Hunter versus Spider-Man, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Black Panther, uh, Jessica Jones, and uh, Elektra versus those those peeps. It's like a Marvel's Defenders, Marvel Knights yeah. taking I on I thought the about Kingpin. trying to get Jessica Jones in there, but... She just doesn't fit into my time travel narrative. Yeah, you if you're if you're going like that's the thing with Marvel. It's like unlike DC. Now Scarlet Witch would have fit. Where like DC, the street level vigilante, like Batman, Nightwing, they can go up against like world ender threats. Whereas like Daredevil's not going up against anybody that's not like Kingpin level, Craven level. Like he can't go up against Doctor Doom and Magneto. He can't, or he can't go up against Kang the Conqueror and Loki. Like that just doesn't fit for Daredevil. No. So, no, not at all. But that, that's um, all we got yeah. this week for the draft. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was pretty fun. We'll get in doing some more drafts while we're waiting for, you know, some of the other And we might do it. I'm, I'm thinking we'll we like. do a top 10 list next week. We haven't done one of those in a while. That would be interesting, yeah. And then pitch is coming very soon because Charles just says he's competing and he's ready. So All right. So, yeah, lots to look forward to coming up. And hopefully we'll have an exciting Mando episode to talk about next week. Um, but go ahead and check out a lot of that stuff that we were talking about on the movie On the Rise. Yep. Wayne, Big Sky, Good Lord Bird, uh, Basketball County, It's in the Water. You know, check out some of that Showtime stuff for sure. That's I guess the other thing that I've been watching, watching a lot of that 
you know, I want to throw out to the guys out there that you can watch it. It is Outlander, and it's pretty much like if you like, you know, time travel slash Game of Thrones ish stuff. It's pretty much the it's same. Good. Okay, bet. And, you know, it's like it's got all the sex and limb ch- chopping off as mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. All right, I'm gonna have to check out Outlander. I've been but, hearing good things about it. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, it is it is a love story, but. So I was Game of Thrones in some aspects. That's a fact. That's a fact. But all right, you guys can follow me at LinBWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out. There's a new Anime Talk episode out. There's a new Bros Who Think podcast out. Run It Back will be back next week. We will be doing Super Bad. Super, super excited for that. You guys should get that around Thursday, Friday-ish time. So just be on the lookout for that. But you can have all the information of all the stuff coming out on the network on uh, Twitter, bros who think also uh by the time you guys hear this there will be a new late nights with lynn uh tonight at 7 45 7 30 so just be on the lookout for that but other than that that's all i got this week Shuby. you have a way to watch past uh, late nights mm-hmm. it's on the vod stream on twitch you have to watch the vod before they leaves but I'm going to pretty soon put the VODs on YouTube. So just be on the lookout for that. They'll, yeah. they'll be out. You, you had a good one this week that I think people should check out. Yeah, with Richie Branson. It was really mm-hmm. good. Really, really good. For if you're a creator and you just want to learn how to, you know, make your your business or your model or whatever you're doing flow better, Richie gives a lot of good advice for how to get your shit popping. And uh, which what, is was that Richie or was, who was the guy that you were talking to that like did voice work with Mike B. Jordan? Mm. That was Richie. He composed the uh, soundtrack to Genlock, the anime with Michael B. Jordan. Yep. So he talks about all of that. It's it's a it's a really good episode. Twitch.tv slash Bros Who Think. All right. So check all that out. Check out everything going on with the network. So. For Lindenberg, my name's Adam Schubert. I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, keep binging.